Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Deal or No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. getting you ready for our week five exit interviews for Australian Survivor Titans v Rebels. Three big eliminations this week. First off, I spoke to Scott, who voluntarily left the game. So we get into his kind of headspace around all of that. Then I spoke to Winner. Winner had a lot to say. Winner was playing a pretty good game. Like, I feel like we didn't see a lot of the social relationships and kind of how middle he was in a lot of those dynamics, but you can hear it from him himself. And then, of course, my devastation to talk to Eden, who I truly think is probably the biggest fan Australian Survivor has ever had, and I loved watching him, and it was so great to chat about his game, as sad as I am to lose him. So big week of exit interviews. I've got the recap with Mike Bloom coming up. There will be a check-in with Rob this week as well for such a big merge week, and Australian Survivor Talking Tribal is available on YouTube, on the podcast and on 10 Play, so it's everywhere. Hope that you enjoy all the content. Hope you enjoy these exit interviews, and I will see you on the other side. Hi, Scott. Welcome to RJP. I'm sorry about my voice. I was at Taylor Swift last night, so I am pushing through. I'm surprised to have a voice. How how are you doing? Incredible. Um, probably not as good as you. <laughs> I wish I'd been at Taylor Swift like that. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, feeling good. Um, obviously, there was a lot of anxiety over that episode coming up last night, and it feels so good to have it out of the way and to like you know, it's a known thing now. I know what it was. I've seen it. It's not this sort of beast in my head that I'm like, what does it look like and what's it going to sound like. Yeah, so let's talk about that moment where you choose to leave. Can you just talk us through your headspace and what kind of prompted that decision? Because I know you're such a huge fan of the show. I know it was such a dream and you're doing you know, really well with Kirby alongside you. So what was it that made you want to leave the game? 
Um, I honestly, like, it's so hard because I didn't want to leave the game. Yeah, <laughs> um, true. If Wrong I could have done anything to stay yeah. there, like, mm -hmm. I would have. Um, and even that point, there'd already been two points earlier in the game. Um, physically and mentally, I just was struggling a little. And Kirby was epic. So is Garrick. There are a few people out there who just pulled me through and, like, would just chat to me on a night and be like, dude, you got this. And then this third time it hit and I was like, ooh, <laughs> this feels a little bit spicy. Like this feels different. Um, and I knew it was just going to be a bit darker. And I think it just hit at the wrong time. Um, and, you know, I had no idea. I, it had been well over a year since I'd had sort of a bad moment like this um, with my mental health before going on the show. And I wasn't expecting it at all. <laughs> and then you just can't predict these things like it just hit at the worst time and I was like shit right like why now <laughs> um but you know I I made that decision and I stand by it especially watching back last night and seeing myself and thinking like oh yeah I can see me going to a place that's not me um and so I was like thank god I made that call <laughs> yeah no, I mean, I totally understand that. I've, I've struggled with my mental health as well. I call it quicksanding, personally, something where, like, <laughs> you like you can see it happening. You can see, like, the dark hole forming. You're like, oh, the further I get into this, actually, like, I'm going to take double as long to get out of it. I'm not sure if it's kind of similar for you. I mean, I, you, I saw you say that you were homesick as well. Was that kind of, like, you know, interacting with the difficulties of that? And as you said, like, not having even, like, creative resources and other resources to help you through that. Was that like all kind of a part of it as well? Absolutely. Um, like every bit of it, it's like tick, tick, tick. Um, not having books or like a journal or something to write with. Um, the homesickness, I live with my partner, um, Elliot, and we work together too. So we're in each other's pockets, like pretty much every minute of every day. So that was already a huge thing to be a part Um But then I also had him in my head being like, this is more important, like, you know, the, the money's the money. How awesome. Like I've never even dreamt of money like that, but some things are just more important than that. And I've been on like my, me going out there was to be on survivor. It wasn't to win a sum of money, you know? Um, so I felt like I'd already been so lucky and got that wish. So everything else was like this major bonus. Um, and I could also just, like I said to my partner the other day, I was just like, Oh God, if I could have just pushed through, that night or had something get me through that one hiccup. I wonder how it would have been. And he was like, no, but that would have just been a band-aid, right? Like the problem would have still been there. It would probably just be more unhealthy than you had to sort all of that out when you got out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I wanted to ask about that because how do you kind of reconcile that? Obviously, as you said, like the anxiety around making that decision, knowing that there's going to be a response to that decision, um, like the difficulties in that. I think Eden says it really well about like, prioritizing yourself and that I think that that's a really brave and difficult decision to make and one that even when seeing these warning signs not everyone would make and and often to our own detriment I feel so how did you come to that point where you knew that that was something that you were even able to do even with all these other kind of factors that are considered within that um Honestly, I wasn't thinking that much. <laughs> um, it's one of those weird things, right? When I probably should have been the most like mentally switched on as I like, because you're making this huge decision for yourself, but you're also making this decision for yourself on like TV, on this yeah. platform, in reality TV. Um, but it's the time when you are least sort of 
aware of what you're doing and of what's going on. I was very, very, very lucky to have the most amazing crew there. You know, it's the side of the show that no one gets to see at home. Um, but some of those like producers and people there telling me, trust them and, you know, follow through with sort of plan and trust my gut and to do what I needed to do in the moment. They all had my back and I felt heard and I felt safe, which was such a huge thing in that moment. And getting to tribal, I had no idea it was going to go the way it did to have the other sort of contestants all sort of realize what they'd also been facing and going through. And then to have that moment with Eden and Alex also sort of spoke a little bit about him also struggling out there, but with very different things, but, you know, also going through a battle of being on this island and having all these confronting feelings. It was such a huge moment. And I felt so, so lucky to have had that on Survive the last place. <laughs> I felt like I was going to have this moment of like healing and of vulnerability. <laughs> yeah. Well, where's Kitty in this? Because obviously we see that that seems at least on the show to be something of a catalyst, like the difficulty of yeah. voting out someone that you had connected with at the merge. Um, we see that you, you even blow up the plan to her. So where is that kind of within this? Is it separate to it? And also, yeah, where's the headspace around blowing up the plan to her and how, kind of how that was devolving in, in one way? Um, a lot of that has to do with, so the night just before when we were all on merge and sleeping there for the first time. And, you know, we were coming to a beach again where we didn't really have a spot and it was kind of like, oh, there's no place for you in the bunk. And it's like, where am I going to slot in here? <laughs> I'm used to just kind of having my own little space and then Kirby bringing me a hot rock in the middle of the night. And like, how do I do that here? <laughs> and I had Kitty just basically from the get-go seeing that I was struggling with this, being like, you are here between me and Eden and we're sandwiching you <laughs> and this is your new bed. And I was just like, Oh, this is exactly what I needed right now to not only felt pulled back in, but to also just have someone to chat to. And I think she stayed up most of that night just chatting to me and telling me such funny stories from her life and from her experiences. And that's sadly a side that's not been shown of her yet much in the edit, but she is hilarious and has this dry sense of humor. And can be really naughty as well. <laughs> and I just needed that. I needed someone to just take me out of the game and almost make it feel like I was just making a really cool new friend again who I really wanted to buddy up with. And so then the next day, I had all of these emotions going on. And then it's something I've not really obviously had seen on the show that much, but how me and Kirby worked. It was very sort of like a good friendship. Like we trusted each other wholeheartedly. We would talk about everything and... Kirby obviously was just a lot more vocal with what she wanted. And luckily going through the show, a lot of what she wanted just happened to very much align with what I wanted. So it was kind of like, well, there's no point in speaking up here or getting, you know, having a moment when there was no need to, but this was really the first point where I was like, okay, no, this is where I disagree. Um, I don't think you're seeing Valeria's relationship with Mark here or just how little you have a hold on Valeria I think Valeria is her own agent she's not just going to vote with you like because you say so and whether Kirby also could see that and I just didn't have the time to talk with her about what she was thinking about in the grand scheme of things I don't know um, but for me it felt like okay I need to say that I don't think this is the smart move here and I feel like Kitty has so much more to bring to this game and is also so far not showing herself to be this major, you know, strategic threat. And I think like, A, she needs more time to develop that, but then B, she's going to be this great player at Merge and she's a strong woman, which I love seeing on Survivor, like all of my favorite players 
are these strong US women who've played this game and Aussies. And I just really didn't want to see a go at that point. Yeah. So was that affecting your mental health or was it more like your mental health was in a bad spot anyway? And you, you've kind of like lost a lot of those resources and then this plan is happening. Like how, how does it kind of intersect? Cause I think that the, the edit, it does show that you're homesick, but then it kind of shows it, it, it makes me feel like the catalyst. And I'm understanding from you that that obviously is not true. Like mental health is, is yeah. much bigger than that. So, but how does it interact with like what we were going through mentally? Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't the catalyst. It was just like, I was, so I separately, like I was very much going through these mental health issues. Yeah. And then I was still trying my best and my darndest to play this game that I love. Yeah. So I, and obviously at that point too, I still had no idea whether I was going that night or not. Like it was still so unmade up in my head and you have so many people telling you yes or no. And you have so many people in the game telling you, you can do this, you can get through this. And then you've also got this part of you saying like, oh, but they're not actually a friend from the outside who knows your history with this. And they're saying this with, you know, agenda, relevant yeah. information. They're just saying this because you're a number to them in the game. So you've got yeah. all of this going on in your head. And then I think it was just a bit of an emotional outburst from me to kind of just say to, I think it showed the right moment too. I was in the worst state. There was this torrential rain and this crazy stormy wind and I'm just clinging to the tarp for my dear life and I could just see everyone having these crazy strategic sort of moments and all I cared about was keeping this tarp down and was like please help mm-hmm. and I think it was just the moment and Kitty's talking to me and I was just like oh you know fuck this like I need to just tell her what's going on here because she's having this moment with me and I feel like I can't just lie to her when, and also what a boring move, what a boring thing to get to merge and it just be this giant big blind side of someone who sort of doesn't even need to be blindsided and hasn't been playing this crazy big game. So it's not like you're taking out this show villain or this huge archetype, you know? Um, some people will probably see it as being just as boring a move that I left, but you know, like that's separate to the fact. I think where the game's concerned, I'm still really glad that I let Kitty know what was going on. Cause I think before we'd seen retry to do that right as well. And Kitty maybe not necessarily take it on board. So I was so excited last night, actually watching the other side of that and then seeing Kitty and Caroline take it on board and be like, shit, okay, maybe we don't. <laughs> actually have and even putting together that it was probably because of the whole viola vote too you're like okay they're clearly thinking through things and they're clearly you know strategic yeah Uh, sorry for rambling but no no (laughs) i mean there's a lot there's a lot there well i mean i'd love to take it back to kind of the rebels because it felt like you were a little bit of a swing vote there was there was a vote where it looks like rihanna might have gone home but then the, the next day you you know go to Rihanna and Kirby and kind of choose them as your side so can you talk through where you sat in those rebel dynamics and what you think would have happened if that hadn't been a non-elimination would Rihanna have gone home there yeah I think sadly Re would have probably gone home that night um I was definitely going into that tribal thinking I have to vote with Ferris tonight and with that Mm -hmm. crew um, I was another thing that wasn't shown out there. I was sort of best friends with Raymond the whole time and Eileen. Me and Eileen from day one, we literally were singing Broadway musicals every night Ooh. to each other, keeping the camp going with karaoke. Now you're speaking my language. So, well, and so was she. So as soon as she mentioned that, I was 
or my kind of girl. <laughs> and obviously that's not been shown that much. So from the very get-go, like strategically, I had Garrick and Eileen as my sort of go-tos and they were both very much falling into that Ferris camp. So I was very much being pulled back and forth, but that night it was going to be re. And I just remember getting there and it just feeling wrong and me being like, oh God, this is the wrong decision tonight. Like re shouldn't be going like just a gut feeling. And it felt like I was making a bad decision. And then I was so thankful <laughs> when they threw out that it was a non-a-limb and it was going this different way. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> that was like some part of the universe and being like, nope, not tonight, Scotty. <laughs> like Re needs to stay. And sure enough, Re went on to become like a best friend of mine who is now still such a close friend. <laughs> what about Kirby? Obviously we see how essential that relationship was. And as you said, you, you were so in lockstep through so much of the show. What connected you to her? Kirby just was like this calm spirit out there. And I think from the very get-go, I remember seeing her little rainbow socks and being like, oh, I wonder if she's part of a queer family. And then I had this beautiful chat with her where she confirmed that she was. And I was like, yes, okay, this is awesome. I've got someone out here who I can just, you know, something like that bonds you more than just like an immediate friendship over a food or a movie, I think having something like that, you sort of see into someone a little bit and you're like, oh, that's a level of trust that you don't normally just get with someone immediately. So I knew I wanted to play with her. And then the more I did play with her, the more I learned that we just got on and our gameplay just worked so well together because I'm sort of a more sit back in the shadows and watch what's going on. I'm very much an observe first instead of just making a big call. And Kirby is so not afraid of being confrontational and it's like this amazing superpower I got to see in someone out there that I've never really seen maybe some of the US shows like it was a bit Sandra in a way like she was so comfortable using confrontation to get people to say things they shouldn't be saying or to sort of give away part of their gameplay and I was in awe of that because for some, someone who like shies away from confrontation to see someone be able to actually harness it and use it but still remain calm the entire time I was like oh my god this is such a cool power to have in this game yeah, well, do you have a sense of what would have happened if you'd gone back to Tribal Council as the Rebels? Obviously, you you come back to, to Rhi and Kirby there, and we, we do see that split where it might have even been like a 5-5 five because five, Sarah as well said she was kind of in on Rhi, but she got pulled back. With that time, was there any sense or would, have been, would it have been a bit of a stalemate? I think it could have been, you know, like everyone was a bit unsure of where Alex and Sarah kind of both sat. And Sarah, we'd all been having more and more conversations with her, and I got on so well with her. She's the most genuinely sweet-hearted human <laughs> um and the more I talked to her the more I got that and I thought okay this is really cool we can definitely play with Sarah she's just not sort of seen that as an opportunity or as an option so far in this game and then just obviously sadly things just ended up going the way they did and things got cut short and um obviously then when tribe stuff happened I didn't really get to sort of further play with Sarah so that was such a shame yeah, well, I'm really interested just to think what would have happened at that, you know, possibly a bit of a 5-5 happening there at the Rebels. But when you went to the Titans, obviously your side and Kirby's side bring over the uh, the Titans. So like Charles, Winner and Valeria, where did you see your kind of social part in in winning their numbers? It was honestly the same as I did on the Rebels tribe. I didn't go with any immediate gameplay I saw three people and I just thought well if this was like day-to-day -day life 
what do I connect with them on? How do I ask them questions? How do I find out about their lives? And luckily the three of them are like pretty awesome humans and all have these amazing life stories to tell. Um, so it wasn't that hard to just get together on a genuine level and make friends with them. And then I realized that that was kind of where Valeria stood on a game level as well. There was like a genuine part of like real life trust came into her like game trust. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting because she doesn't really want to be sat here talking strategy or game with you. She was telling me about contestants from the original Titans and flaws of theirs or interesting facts about them and I was like okay she's very much playing this on a human level and she wants to play with who she wants to play with not because she thinks that person can get her further or because they're strategic you know she feels like she's got that covered herself so it's kind of like she just wants to be around genuine people who are gonna act calm not go crazy <laughs> um which was that why it was suddenly quite a hard sell to be like oh also we're bringing Kelly as our <laughs> extra player because I think all three of them were a bit like oh that's where we're a bit crossed here like are you sure guys and me and Kirby were like well yeah we know it's Kelly mm -hmm. <laughs> but also it's Kelly and that could be really smart moving forward you know um there's the pros and the cons to that and I think it was trying to sell them on that obviously seeing the show I saw that they were also playing their own game and being extremely smart with playing both sides um and it could have gone either way that night, who knows? But I feel like me and Kirby did a really good job of just connecting with them and saying like, hey, no bullshit. Here's how we want to play. And we don't really have anyone else right now. If we make this work here, we can make this work post-merge too. Yeah, well, I'd love to talk about the Kelly of it all just as like a bit of a final question because obviously that then get to a point where you all think maybe not, maybe not with Kelly. What was it like being out there with Kelly and how did it get to the point where you're like, we need to sacrifice this number now. <laughs> She's no longer serving us. Because it puts you in kind of a precarious numbers position. Obviously, you'd lost Charles to a twist and like numbers were dwindling a little bit. So what was the consideration there? And just give us the the a sense of the Kelly experience. <laughs> Um, Kelly is one of those people like she's just you'll have seen I think from all of the interviews she's so lovely and so genuine and that is who she is and that took a while to get used to at first we were all a bit like you know is this woman an actress is she a plant is this the mole <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but then we we're all like no that's just Kelly she's 100% that all the time um, and I mean, that grates on you a lot when you're in a game like that and there's no sleep and little food. There were moments where, I mean, <laughs> everyone else will attest to this, but especially on the Titans beach and Kelly would even attest to this. There were moments where if she sat down, I would literally just get up and walk away because there's just, you just can't hear things over and over again. You know, it, you're just already sleep deprived and you're like, oh, this is the last thing. I need someone saying, or she's very strongly opinionated as well. So if there's a topic being brought up, like we'd have quite philosophical conversations on a night around the fire, which was so lovely. And then suddenly, you know, there's always that one person saying, this is boring. Let's play spin the bottle. <laughs> and you're like, oh God, <laughs> this is Kelly. <laughs> and that's so fun in those moments. But then to have that 24-7, um, it can just be quite a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, as I said last question, I have a, I have a small last last one. Tassie, Tassie, is it one oh, yeah. in Samoa? And you came up with that as a bit of a parting gift. But you are the second uh, identified Tasmanian. Yes. Was that, a, was that a little bit of a Tassie 
shout out look there. it might have been a slight bit of <laughs> personal because i looked it up it does mean one in samoan so did you find though were you like oh this is ideal i'm definitely getting this in if i make the merge one day. absolutely i think every moment i had out there where there was obviously there's a huge amount of the um the crew out there that are locals and are from samoa so i was asking at any given chance like about the language and about the culture um it's fascinating so when i was starting to learn the numbers i was like oh well this is awesome you know we already have like one world and things like that and I thought one is a number that we've seen in Survivor before let's pull that into the game and that's how it felt you know we're all coming together as this one color this one sort of team let's have a name that signifies that and Tasmania that was it a Tasmania shout out or not I mean, definitely a little bit of okay, a, a, little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a representation. I, I saw it's not, that. It's a nice little coincidence, right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a shout out to send people to Mona. I went to Mona last year. Definitely. I thought it was great. You're oh, doing good amazing. work. It was very confronting. It is, <laughs> yeah, very much. Yeah. When you're walking past a wall of vaginas, you know, you're There's like, a here lot. I am. <laughs> There's a lot going on, yeah. But well, thanks so much, Scott. It was it was great to chat to you. Thank you for sharing your side of it and, and hope you're okay. And, and yeah, thanks so much, so much for coming onto the podcast. Oh, thanks, Shannon. Um, it's so awesome to get to chat to you. I'm such a fan and I'm feeling really good now. So I'm thank so you. Glad. <laughs> thanks so much, Scott. Have a great day. Thanks so much. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Winner, welcome to RHAP. I'm so sorry to see the way that it went. I had a lot of winner puns ready to go. Um, thank you for winning that one immunity because I feel like that really like that, that, that helped with that. But I'm so sorry to see you go home in a big merge vote last night. Yeah, it feels like uh, I've died, you know, all the emotions <laughs> coming through, uh, just watching the episode, reliving it. Um, yeah, it was a roller coaster. Best time of my life, though. And I'm, I'm excited to hear all your puns. <laughs> well, I only have one. It's just that your name is winner, like what, what one would be if they won the show. But I, I haven't been able to take it further than that in the past five weeks. But winner, <laughs> I have questions for you. So looking at this kind of big merge group, there's so many people and there was going to be this big kitty vote and then Scott quit. What were your intentions for the merge? Like who were the people you were looking to go forward with from a, you know, medium to long-term kind of game? Yeah, look, the way I play the game, I'd say is pretty similar to how I live my life outside the game. Um, I was quite loyal to everyone in my core group. I never really had to fake relationships anywhere. Um, I did sometimes when necessary. So at Tribe Swap, we weren't going to vote with Ferris. I had to keep that going with Garrick and Ferris and Raymond. Um, but I had the core group of Val, Jaden, Mark, um, and Kirby's team as well. But yeah, maybe it was my downfall or we didn't really get to prove it. But there were a few people, uh, a few people that I would never write their names down. Um, and I'd say going into Merge, I was in a very healthy position, in my opinion. When Merge happened, I looked around and it was basically like looking at a classroom of all my best mates. You know, I had great one-on-ones with everyone. It wasn't really aired, um, but yeah, the way I felt about everyone I knew was reciprocated as well. I was in a very good position and I was never poking my head out, never calling the shots, but then it all happened at once. It was like an explosion. It went from me winning the challenge, sort of unintentionally as well. As a side mm -hmm. note, I was saying that morning, I know for a fact that I'm quite, uh, not I'm not like that strong or anything, but physically, you know, relatively to the team, I was definitely, you know, top, say top four of the group. And I told myself, I'm not going to win any challenges until later on, because I don't want a target on my back. I was in such a good position. 
And then just during that leg extension challenge, I just kept going and I was having a laugh and I was quite shocked at how well I was doing. And then I just couldn't, I, I thought Jaden would win. And then Jaden pulled out and I won. And instantly I was like, oh, fuck, should <laughs> not have won that. Should not have won that. I go back to camp and then, yeah, it exploded. So I had the immunity. I was safe. And then Scott actually approached me first. He said to me, oh, winner, I'm feeling a bit shit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, me too, Scott. You know, it's cold, whatever. And he's like, nah, I probably want to, you know, leave the show. And then during this whole chaotic period, he obviously went and told everyone what the plan was, who was coordinating it. And then, yeah, I went from having basically near perfect relationships with everyone to Kitty, Caroline, Eden now on my case. And that was the first time I sort of had to navigate through that. And then, yeah, the next day comes and I already knew Kitty knew it was one of us. And on the day that I left, I didn't have my immunity necklace anymore, um, even though I thought I would get to keep it the next day. Yeah, so that would I make actually, sense. Yeah, it would make sense. We didn't go to vote. I actually yeah. asked Jonathan specifically, asked him, do I get to keep it the next day? And he said yes. Um, said yes, but anyway, that's the game. It got taken away from me. And that morning, I already knew how the vote was going to go. It was, it was basically Caroline's team versus me, Mark, Val, and Kirby. And it was pretty even. And the decider was going to be Ferris's squad. I knew that from the morning. I knew it was Ferris, Eileen, and Raymond that were going to decide whose team is going to take a blow. And, yeah, I think I basically got too comfortable. I got too comfortable. I was... I had a lot of faith in all my relationships. I knew that if my name was going to come up, I was going to be told. And I actually was told by Jaden that my name was coming up. You know, I just won the challenge. Uh, Scott went and told everyone um, there's a target on me. I knew that. But I sort of, I got too comfortable. And I'd say my biggest downfall was overestimating my relationship with Ferris. So Ferris and I have a very interesting relationship. He's like, my one of my bros like we have such a good relationship um you yeah, have really seen it on it. tiktok oh you have yeah 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 so we're actually good mates but it was yeah. we've, we've, we always separated the game from like us as boys and we'd talk about the game obviously we're not in alliance in the game at all but then we'd switch off you know we're at the fire we talk about other things outside of life ferris and i have so much in common and i laugh my ass off when i hang out with him and we're properly mates and i think I probably intertwined that personal relationship with our game relationship a little bit. And I remember specifically before going to that tribal, I was going home. I was sitting at the fire thinking, far out, I should probably go and check up on Ferris and Eileen. I know we're good, but I feel like they could possibly still write my name down. But then I was cold and I was feeling so like wrecked. It was storming really, really hard. Uh, those two nights, like proper torrential freezing we're all wet our hands are all soggy from the uh, the rain and I decided not to go talk to him and just to lock it in and then yeah I'd say it's a combination of all those things not having immunity uh Scott revealing our plans and then Ferris's resentment towards me that was a perfect explosion yeah. for my blind perfect storm some might say there's, there's a pun um so you had to make this choice between Kirby's side and Ferris's side when you were the three titans after the swap can you talk a little bit about 
that decision making because yeah it does seem that it upset Sarah and he was the one who put your name out there when you went home so how did you choose between those two factions yeah for sure I think this one this part actually wasn't talked about enough I feel I mean it wasn't aired at much uh, but basically there was a lot more thought than simply Kirby won over the OG Titans in that situation so I sat down with Val and Charles and basically to us, we didn't care which side we'd go with, right? We just wanted to make it through to merge. There was just three of us, no matter what, we're sticking together. And our thought process was that Ferris seems less trustworthy, but at the same time, I didn't think Kirby was any more trustworthy than Ferris. But where I thought we should go with Kirby was because Kirby was waiting for Re. Kirby had some sort of exchange through all of my relationship building, I'd always think of, you know, the value add. I just see it as sales, to be honest. It's just sales, like what is the exchange? And with Kirby, I told her that I have, I, I kind of exaggerated, but I said, I have great relationship with Mark, Eden, Caroline. That whole group is like my core group. And I can definitely protect Re on the other side in exchange of you protecting us on this side. So I'd say that was the main factor that got me to tell Val and Charles to stick with Kirby. There's some exchange there. Ferris had all his crew there already. There's no one on the other side he really cared about. There was no reason for him to properly look after us. So that's why I decided Kirby. And in hindsight, I, I mean, it's hard to say what was the right decision because there's so many things happening anyway. Um, but I'd say I was evenly open to working with both because Ferris already liked him as a person. Uh, but Kirby was just logically made more sense because there was an exchange there for saving Rihanna. Mm -hmm. And then you spoke about some of those relationships on the Titans, and I'd love to hear where you sat on the Titans because I felt like it was never really clear to us as an audience. Like, you do vote in these big votes, but it looks like you're with the Jaden-Nathan side of it. We know how tight you are with Jaden, but you're, again, part of that vote against Nathan. You're with the group when they yeah. vote against Jess. Who did you see as your really tight relationships? I know you had good relationships across the board, but where did you? how did you see the dynamics? Where did you see yourself fitting yep. into them? And then how did your relationships kind of play into that? Yeah. So it was very hard for me um, to split. Look, I, I tend to just like being around people in general, and I made an effort with everyone. And I think I had to prioritize strategically the players that would, um, you know, get me further. Like I had to be selfish like that. But in terms of my strong relationships for strategy, I'd say Mark, I was always close with from the get-go. It wasn't aired very much. Uh, Mark and I had a personal bond and like mutual respect for each other's gameplay. Uh, Mark is is so smart, so clever. Um, and the way he talks, the way he's so sharp with his words from the get-go, I was like, I want to work with this guy. And then we had the personal stuff. He can speak Thai. Yeah. Uh, a lot of past times like brought us together. So Mark was always going to be like, so on to the end. And Jaden, obviously, uh, Jaden and I both lack um, survivor just knowledge in general. Mm -hmm. Like we, we're not fanatics of the show. We haven't watched that many episodes even. We're sort of just going in there, just going with the flow. Um, but I knew I would never write Jaden's name down. Um, and we, we were already thinking of plans to navigate through that. So we we're planning to get to merge and then uh, talk about how we'd write each other's names down with the other people, which we did as well. Uh, but yeah, Jaden's definitely on that list. Um, and then Valeria, I wasn't that close to in the beginning. So we got closer at Tribe Swap. 
uh, in the minority, but I always saw her as like a, as a strong player, um, a strong player, very black and white, sort of similar to how I was like, just, you know, if I didn't like someone, it, it sort of, I, I wouldn't probably wouldn't align with them sort of thing. So I could already see and sense loyalty there. Viola I had a very good bond with too. Unfortunately, tribe swap happened and we were completely you know, separated. And in terms of Nathan and Jaden and the boys, um, there was a phase where Nathan was very, not hated, but he was on a target for a very long time. And I knew that strategically it wasn't going to work out. And yeah, he is my boy now. We hang out all the time. I love the guy. Uh, but in the game, I think the way he played, we couldn't associate with him anymore because it would have just become testosterone boys, you know, all these lads who just want to win challenges and you get ticked off one at a time. So at that time, I was really prioritizing building other relationships rather than just carrying um, firewood uh, with the boys. So yeah, I was very sly with it, but I was super concerned about the time I spent with everyone because it was clear to me, like from the get-go, Frankie and Nathan together day one, instantly just annoyed the group and it's it's like a it's like a classroom that's how i see it it's like the the two cool kids or the cool kids hanging out making jokes laughing out loud together not talking to anyone else you're instantly targeted um so yeah that's how i sort of navigated my way in the beginning and charles as well i'm basically talking about everyone now but Mm -hmm. charles is awesome smart love charles had a good bond from the beginning similar to mark you know they both had very high pressure lines of work um, I definitely did judge people on their uh, careers a lot, but like the pressure from Charles and Mark's world is on a different plane. And, you know, compared to say, even myself and my work life, yeah, it's high pressure, but that is a different level. And for them to navigate around using their words, they already have that you know experience that's relevant to the game. So lots of respect there. And then Eden, I loved Eden. He, I'd say by far he knew about the game more than anyone. So he would talk about, you know, past plays. He knew exactly what to do in certain situations, what outcomes have happened before. He's got that experience with the game. And he taught me a lot, Eden. We always hung out. We had a good personal relationship. And he would always, you know, give me tips for the game. He'd tell me to remain flexible in the game and keep your options open, things like that. Uh, But in a way... I lost trust for him in the beginning. I, I sort of saw that he bounced around a lot and there were multiple times where he didn't, he said he would include me in plans and then he wouldn't be fully transparent. So for example, the Frankie vote from the get-go, uh, we, uh, we were doing, we were told to do Jess and then Jaden and I thought, why don't we get rid of Frankie? And then we went and pitched up to Eden and Eden goes, oh, no, nah, no, nah, stick with Jess. And then we went to Frankie anyway. But Eden was worried that I was going to, like, reveal to Frankie sort of thing. But I feel like in the game, if someone crosses me once, um, that's it. That's how I play the game. I feel like it's the same as real life. If your mates lie to you once, you know, what else could they do? And I feel like the trust has to be built that way. Um, so Eden crossed me a little bit. And then even though I loved him, hung out with him all the time, it was an arm's length sort of alliance um and i could see that through the way he spoke to viola as well he spoke to viola very similar to how he spoke with me he would build these i guess kind of kind of similar to what i did like these low-key one-on-ones and say taking you you know further 
um, giving each other tips, but he just did it too much with everyone. And it was clear that he was too flexible. And then on top of that, he probably shouldn't have shown how much of a strong strategic player he was. Um, but yeah, that's sort of my relationships in the beginning. What about Caroline and Kitty? Because you mentioned that they were possibly an asset for you to take to someone like Kirby for an option you had on the other side, but then you do come into the merge, technically voting Kitty out. That was the plan, right? So how did that kind of, you know, evolve from that time and through the game? Yeah, it's funny how quickly uh, things change after Tribe Swap. Like you have a core group from the OG, you know, OG Titans, OG Rebels. You love each other. You have alliances there. But man, in the game, one day feels like a week. And you go into Tribe Swap, and all of that work you did in the OG days is completely out the door. It's new relationships built. It's sort of similar to what happened with Ree. Um, You know, she loved Kirby from day one. And then at Tribe Swap, she built that relationship with Caroline Kitty. And often, more often than not, they don't align anymore moving forwards. So in the beginning, I was quite close with Kitty. Uh, we talked all the time about the experience. We really bonded over, like, the struggles of being on the island. Like, it was our life is amazing outside, back at home. Why are we here sort of thing? Like mm-hmm. the, the hunger to us. Um, but then over time, it was clear to me that Kitty was very, the loyalty was with Caroline and Eden. She wasn't that generous with her time to everyone. Like she talked to everyone, but it was clear that it wasn't a deep level of bonding. And it was all, almost obvious where she was going to align with. And yeah, I felt like they never had the heart for me. Caroline and Kitty never really were going to work with me in that way. And I knew they wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't be a partnership down the line. So I didn't want to write Kitty or Caroline's name down. But when we got to merge, there was no one left. It was all the strongest players were here. It was time for us to start picking off who's not going to go to the end. And it was just the most logical move for us. Yeah, I mean, if you have a relationship with everyone, then at that point, you have to vote some of them out. You know, you Ferris's group and then, you know, your group. So... There's, you know, not exactly. a lot of options left. Uh, just yeah. last question. You had, you were on the other side of one of the biggest twists I think the show has ever seen. You had to play your idol. You lost, you know, many mm-hmm. votes from your alliance, including your own. Can you just talk through your reaction to that and how that was all going down? Because that was definitely a topsy-turvy moment in the game. Yeah, that was the craziest episode, I'd say. That was <laughs> crazy. That, my emotions through that. Because at that point, I had never felt like I was in danger. Right. And I went into this knowing we're, we're in the clear. We just got with the Garrick. Ferris's team is way smaller now. He doesn't have the power anymore. It's Eileen or Ferris. And we were leaning towards Ferris and like, this is it. Done. Clear cut plan. We get to tribal. I'm talking shit. Val's talking shit. We're saying, you know, Ferris, you're not a strong leader. Mm-hmm. Eileen is willing to work on you. She told us. And the way you play, you're not that genuine. You can't build connections, you know in a very effective manner, things like that. Calling all these shots at Ferris, um, it was a lot of fun. And then bam, <laughs> after that after that whole like episode of Val and I just ripping into Ferris, yeah. we have a shake-up. We have a shake-up and I'm thinking, fire out three people. If Ferris and Eileen win, we are done. Uh, we're already thinking that. And then the challenge starts. It's so, so high pressure. Like it... It wasn't a strength one. Obviously, with throwing hacky sacks, it's very precise. My hands were shaking. Like, it was so hard. And then Eileen gets three in a row. And then, yeah, Ferris wins. And at that point, instantly when they won, I thought, I looked at Val and I said, it's me. And then Val's like, no, it's me. And I'm, I'm thinking, like, I'm going home tonight. I'm going home tonight. And we go back to tribal. 
after the challenge. And the only thing that was running through my head is how do I get the votes off Val and Charles? Because I need to play my idol tonight. And it was an interesting tribal. Not all of it was aired, but we had a very funny moment where I was talking to Ferris. And so Ferris is religious, right? Um, so he, he prays on the island and he's super religious. And I've got a lot of mates from a similar culture to Ferris. And I asked Ferris, who are you voting for tonight? Are you writing my name down? And he looks at me in the eye and says, yes. And I said to him, say walla. Say walla, uh, which basically means I'm not lying. Um, and they never go against that. And Ferris goes, walla, I'm writing your name down. And Jonathan's like, whoa, guys, what's walla? And I explained <laughs> it. I explained to him, like, you know, it means he's writing my name down for sure. So I'm like, sweet, locked in. Um, and then... Yeah, I have a little spiel on why they shouldn't vote for Valeria. She was showing compassion towards Eileen. Um, it wasn't aired, but she said heaps of stuff. And then I said, Charles has always been rooting for me to part with Ferris and work with you guys. If anything, I'm the one that backstabbed you. I just wanted to say, you know, if anyone's going home tonight, I'd rather it be me than the other two. So I tried my best to deflect both of them, both, you know, onto me. And then, yeah, they did the split in the vote in the end, uh, which probably the best uh, is the best option. And then, yeah, blew my idol. I uh, didn't think I'd have to use it for a while. I think I had it for like 20-something days, which I was pretty proud of. Um, and then, yeah, it was heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. I, I love well. At that point, we were so tight. Valeria, Charles and I, because just getting through that whole wreck, that tribe swap was crazy and that, the dynamic of that OG Rebels tribe was completely different to OG Titans. OG Titans, we were a lot softer. We would think of plans on the sly and no one was really playing that hard, you could say, in the beginning. But then when we saw the OG Rebels come, this was a completely different tribe. These guys would go off for like to get some water and instantly everyone else would be like, what are they plotting? What are they plotting? And any conversation you had that didn't include Ferris... Ferris would literally come into the circle and ask, what are we talking about? It was so funny. It was so like they played so hard. Um, but yeah, that was probably yeah one of the craziest tribals. And the shakeup changed everything. Like a lot of the shakeups happened this season. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's part of the game, I guess. Yeah, well, big night, big game. Thank you so much for telling us so much about it and giving us a greater insight into your game. And I hope you have a great day. Thank you for coming onto the podcast. That's okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Shannon. Thanks so much. Bye. See ya. Eden, welcome to RHAP. I'm so beyond devastated to see you go on your birthday, no less. <laughs> no, what a present from the Uncool. Survivor Gods. Uncool. And they changed the schedule and stuff, right? So it probably wouldn't have lined up that way. And then when it did, no. did you realize and you were like, oh, no, my birthday. Oh, yeah, I was just doing the maths. I'm like, I can't wait for my 40th birthday. This is going to be the best birthday ever. And then they changed the dates. I'm like, oh, my God, hang on, wait a minute. What's happening? No, no. And then, yeah. And then I knew it was coming. So, yeah, it was all downhill from there. Well, I'm so sorry. But let's talk about the episode last night where you decide to go Titan strong. And that well, that was a tough task. I mean, the Titans have been at each other's throats. How were you kind of thinking through that as a plan? Yeah. So, basically, I look, there's a couple of things that happened. One was in that new group, that alliance that formed, the, the Ferris, Eileen, Alex, uh, Ray one with uh, Caroline Kitty myself, I realized very quickly that I didn't have a lot of agency in that group. Like I tried to pitch uh, 
Valeria as the 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 vote off beforehand and and Ferris and Ray were like no 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 it's got to be winner we want to win it and very quickly I realized that I was just an add-on and as we all know three into seven it doesn't work Shannon it does it doesn't work we were in the minority there so I was like I'm going to need to create something new um, from this um, and I thought you know what let's pull all the titans back together um, I, I, I did feel that it was interesting that Kirby and Ferris weren't targeting each other so I got the sense that there was a, a rebel strong vibe going on the fact that they weren't immediately going guys we hate each other we've got to get each other out and I did feel that if I let that play out too much longer they were going to come and just pick us off so I needed to get everyone together and look it was a huge ask but at the end of the day, that first round of votes, we actually did it. We actually got all the Titans on the same page and we all voted together. Um, and that was that was huge. Mark did a lot at the uh, reward challenge um, to, to, to sort of get the girls back on the same page. But it really showed my social game that I managed to, to pull in everyone and um, get them focusing in the same direction. It just didn't quite work out for me. Uh, I did feel like moving forward, if Ferris doesn't have Ray there, what it's just Ferris and Eileen, and then the focus becomes flushing an idol. And then suddenly we can start bouncing between that and putting targets on other people. So I did feel like further on in the game, I would have some more agency. I'd be able to control who went out next and I would take ownership back. And look, yeah, look, there was a little bit of big move itis. Uh, like <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. I want, I love Survivor. I wanted to make some moves and place, play some fun times, but yeah, it didn't work out. No, I definitely see like how it's tough for you compared to like Caroline. Cause I feel like, the Titan dynamic actually is really good for you because you were such a central Titan. It's just oh. unfortunate that that dynamic was the Titans of all the things. Yeah, exactly. Because I felt I was a fulcrum between Mark, um, between Caroline and Kitty. I had Jaden there. So I, I always wanted to be that middle point. So I, no one was going to, to basically, of that group, they weren't going to turn on me. They were going to turn on each other. That was the whole way through the game. I spent so much of my game like making Caroline and Mark not trust each other, but also not to wanting to vote happen? each other out. Really? Yeah, well, you, well uh, yeah. I thought like they were doing I a pretty always... good job of that themselves. <laughs> and so then I had to always say, no, 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 it's not the right time for Mark yet. It's mm. like, let's keep him in a bit longer. And to, and to, to Mark, I was like, yeah, look, look, I'm going to keep saving Caroline. I, I I want Caroline in the game. And so I had to pull moves without Mark knowing to keep Caroline in. And I had to keep convincing Caroline to not go after Mark because I wanted to be that point in the middle of all of them. But at the same time, you were dividing them. Yes, correct. Because <laughs> there was one really interesting um, uh, uh, chat that they had that I very early on, um, it was Caroline, Kitty and Mark, and they were all talking about me. And they were going like, oh, is Eden, is Eden like committed to us and all this stuff? And Mark was like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. I saw them having that conversation. Mark told me about that conversation. And I knew at that point I needed to get in between them because I didn't want to be the the fourth wheel in that little group. And so from that point on, I made sure that I was either like talking to Mark or talking to those girls and being that middle point. And I really weaseled my way into that position. Well, I want to talk about those Titan relationships that, again, see you as such a central Titan, where from a lot of people that I've heard from in interviews, they were like, oh, you know, I was good with Eden, or even people that seemed on the outs kind of saw you more in the middle. Like, how did you kind of see all of those relationships through the Titans and then how those relationships carried you through the game? Oh, I was at a, there was a point in the Titans where if my name ever came up, I had the majority of the tribe telling me what was happening. I had an excellent relationship with Charles, me and Charles, uh, like Alliance Big Daddy. He was there. I had uh, like V, I actually had a good relationship with as well. Um, Mark obviously had a great relationship with um, Caroline and Kitty. They were going to tell me if anything came up. Nathan, I, I got on with as well. Like we had some good chats and <laughs> 
interestingly enough, what I did was in in some of those early days at the Titans, for the, especially for the for the Jess vote that came up, where a couple of votes went on Nathan, I made Nathan feel that those votes had come from the V's and Mark. So instantly, I sort of got myself in between that relationship as well. So Nathan was then feeling, even though it was actually me, Caroline and Kitty that voted for him as the split vote, he felt that those guys weren't trusted to the point that he would say to them, guys, look, I know you, I know you voted for me. And they would say, like, we didn't. And they were telling the truth, but Nathan just didn't believe them. So I did a lot of work on the sort of the other side to make sure that I was the one that people sort of came to and had those chats with. And at the same time, I never felt like, like I was the target outside of that one time with Jess. There was no other point in the game that people were bringing my um, my name up. And I, that was just me trying to manage my threat level. And I was more planting seeds in people's heads and manipulating people that way and just getting on board than actually coming out there and being, guys, guys, this is what we're doing next. Guys, this is who we're voting out. And I was never seen as that big, big threat. Well, let's talk about Viola going in that because obviously that's going to be a little bit of like a a stopping point for the Titans and you're a part of that vote as well, but you've been again, this like central Titan. So what was your thinking and and kind of your work through that move? So that move was really interesting because at that point in the game, when you see a swap, so logically from a logical game player in that position, what you do, you solidify power for one vote. So everyone gets together, we vote off one rebel, and then the next vote is when you make your move. Now, I've watched enough Survivor to know that that's what a logical person would do. And Mark is a very logical player. So he was 100% thinking that. And I knew at that point, if we wanted to do anything, we would have to do it the tribal beforehand. Just look at George and Shawnee like last season, exactly what happened. So I knew that Mark wouldn't see it coming because it's not the logical play. But I knew that if I could just plant some seeds, then the girls would run with it. So I chatted to Kitty. I planted just a few little seeds about, oh, I look timing and look, do you think this is too risky? Maybe, was this an idea? Like, do you think we should do this? Knowing that kitty would go off to caroline sell it to caroline and then i had caroline and kitty coming back to me being like eden this is what we're going to do we're going to we're going to blindside v it's going to be great and i was like oh okay this is cool it's exactly how i wanted it to seem i wanted it to seem like the girls were pushing that move and it was their narrative because you can see how it worked out every single person was talking about revenge on kitty and caroline no one was talking about getting revenge on eden and moving forward in the game i took mark's legs out from under him at that point and i knew that me and mark had a good relationship but i didn't want him so tight with the v's i didn't want him to have another support network out there so it was really important for my game that me and mark's relationship stayed strong but he also didn't have anyone else there that he could really rely on in those sort of situations and that's what happened Let's talk about the Jaden of it all, because obviously that's going to be your demise. I don't know. It's hard for me to ascribe any logic to it. What's the logic that you ascribe to this relationship and the fact that it's what takes you out of the game, Matteo and Rob Sestanino style? Thank you for the shout out, by the way. Yes, yes. So I really think that, look, it was a really interesting relationship we had. So he was in the bros at the at the very start, and that was fine. He was fun. Then when the swap happened, a key part of Survivor is figuring out people's motivations. And very quickly, I could figure out all Jaden's motivation was get back to winner. So I said to him, mate, you and me stick together. I can get you back to merge and I can get you back to winner. And at that point, he was like, great, cool. I'm down. Just tell me who to vote for before each thing and I'll do it. And we actually built a really good relationship based on that. And during that time, I was like, so then when we get to merge, then we're going to blindside some people. and We've got to jump between both. And yet, look, I knew that he didn't like Caroline. And I said, look, we will get Caroline eventually. We will take her out and just keeping him on board. Then when we got back to merge and Winner was there, he sort of went off with Winner and he was just chilling out with those guys. And, and me and him, our relationship wasn't as strong at that point because he got back to who he really needed to. Uh, and then when Winner went home, 
that's when things started to come apart a little bit because he he then felt that he didn't really have a home. Even though, honestly, I wanted Val to go out in that point. I was trying to pitch Val. It was Ferris and Ray that wanted uh, that wanted winner gone. So even though he sort of saw saw what what happened with winner, he felt betrayed in some sense. But if you look, if you drill down even further, like he voted with us on that first round. Like he was on board. It was only because we went to a second round and then he thought like, oh, I can I can just change my vote here and something can happen. Um, I don't think he really had thought through exactly the ramifications of that because if we'd gone to rocks, like, oh my God, like would have been first time in Australian Survivor history that we would have gone to rocks. It would have catapulted this season to stratospheric levels. Um, but ultimately he wouldn't have had to have picked a rock in that situation because he was immune. So I don't think like for someone that was just out there having fun, I think that would have been the ultimate fun thing to do is to pick rocks and not be a target. But ultimately people that play with like a lot of emotion, they're hard to predict. And I didn't put enough time into fostering that relationship and making him feel it, even though he did vote with us the first round, it was, it was confusing. It was very confusing. To say the I, least. I think this is your cross to bear, Eden, that you are someone who thinks about every single permutation and tries to ascribe logic to everything. I'm the same way. And you're going to have to forever yeah. try and make sense of something that doesn't make sense. Like my yeah. advice to you, like, don't try and make sense of it. It, do- it doesn't, it will never, there's no, it's, I'm sorry. Like there's nothing there for you, <laughs> but a, yeah. It, yeah, you can't. But I'd love to talk about some of these other relationships through yeah. the swap and the merge. Um, You kind of spoke about like how, you know, with Ferris, it was a bit of a means to an end. But what about someone like Alex, you know, because we see the Simpsons quotes, you know, you and Alex having a bit of a good time. Like, was that not a bit of a connector to these other relationships that you could have had? It was, it look, it honestly was. Me and Alex actually had a lot of really good late night chats. Look, we we joked about having the worst alliance of all time. Me and Alex, I don't think we ever voted together. We did like each other, but- That's good, that means we were ha- voting correctly. Alex, not so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what ended up happening, when Alex when Alex went back to the girls initially, um, uh, Sarah and Ree on the, um, the Sarah vote, he went back to them immediately and told them, hey guys, they're splitting on you. They're splitting on both of you. And that's what, ticked off Sarah. Sarah came to me. I knew Alex had sort of like basically given the game away. Went back to Alex. I sort of said, Hey man, he's not a very good liar when we were talking. So from that point, we'd sort of both lied to each other and we could never really, we liked each other as people, but game wise, we could never sort of get on the same page. And then the nail in the coffin was then the non-elimination of Alex after that happened. And look, non-eliminations are tough, but once someone goes and then they basically, when he came back to us at merge, there was a conversation that him and um, like Kitty had had and Kitty was like, Oh yeah, you were hundred percent going home. If we weren't, <laughs> if we were voting normally. And so Alex was like, Eden, I thought we had something, you were lying to me. And after that point, it was just, we were never on the same page again. And actually after that point, I was like, look, I can't, I can't really work with Alex now. And he was no longer sort of part of my plans at that point. And that's why we sort of moved forward the way that we did. But Alex is a great guy. Like he's, he's really fun. Um, But game wise, yeah, we just couldn't make it work. I think if we sat in the same tribe, there could have been something there, but at that point, yeah, it was never going to work. What about someone like Kirby who you only spent a couple of days with? Because I felt like Kirby would have been an interesting target last night, kind of like a re-Kirby or even just Kirby. I felt like there would have been, if you could have gotten Ferris to it, and that's a big if, but if you could have gotten 
there's this group there and the Titans there. I felt like, you know, you could have really had your cake and ate it too there. So where did you kind of see Kirby positioned in the tribe and, and how were you kind of interacting with her? So what I picked up on, I picked up on this frenemy relationship between Kirby and Ferris to the point that I really felt that they had moved past like, like basically guns drawn in each other more to the point of, we want to keep each other around because we're both good targets and we're both good shields. And that's what I felt. I felt that there was no way Ferris was going to target Kirby. And I thought bringing it up would just cause more mayhem. I thought better to go for people that Ferris didn't like or, or could focus on. Um, so that that was never going to happen. Kirby, I actually, I thought Kirby was super intelligent. Ever since I started watching her in the challenges, she always had a really interesting way of thinking about the challenge. You know, when she sacrificed her, um, when she was tied to her thing, as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, this girl is thinking about things on a different level and she's, uh, she's super strategic and she's going to be a big threat moving forward. She actually was one of the people that really picked up on on me and my game savvy. And she'd been talking to Reed and she's like, I just, I just, Eden's, he's going to be trouble. He's, he's, he's too switched on. He, she really picked up on that. And that's why I don't, we had some good little conversations, but I don't think she was really willing to work together. And it's someone who didn't like, she hasn't watched a lot of Survivor. So coming into that merge, I think she did fall back into the better the devil, you know, and look, let's just keep the rebels together. And if we had gone further down the track, I do feel like the rebels would have turned the heat on Ferris and Kirby would have got together and then turned on all of us. But yeah, I love Kirby. I think she's a fantastic player. Let's talk about the winner vote, which was such a big win for your alliance to, to kind of get that one over. And what was technically the merge vote. So I feel like you kind of manifested because mm. you said what a big deal the merge vote was. Um, the decoy votes, that's been a bit of a, a talking point. Where did you sit mm. on whether we should or should not be feeding Re and Alex wrong names? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that. Um, I like Alex, I could understand because as Mark said in the episode, Alex had blown up <laughs> votes before by going his own way or saying the wrong thing. So I was very like, uh, and basically Ferris and those guys were like, let's not do it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But Re, I thought was really dangerous because we actually had quite a good relationship um, and the girls had a good relationship with Re, and I didn't feel like they should burn that. What was difficult with my relationship with Re was a lot of the time she trusted Kitty like a lot. So her conversations were directly with Kitty. And even though she was telling the truth a lot of the time, if Kitty didn't believe her or Caroline didn't believe her, they would reiterate that information to me and they would tell me like, oh, Re tried to tell us this and this but like it's not true it's really hard to judge whether someone is being true through through a secondhand conversation if me and re had had those conversations and talked face to face i feel like i could have got a way better read on her honesty um and even last night when me and um re had our conversation together when re was like look i'm going to talk to eden um although she did say i think i can read him pretty well when we did talk i actually told her the truth that was the plan the plan was that those guys were going to load up on re um, and that she should use her idol and that I just didn't tell her secretly that um, we were going to put some votes on Ray. Um, but I just wanted her to know that, yeah, look, they are coming for you. Your name has been out there. And if things had gone the way it had gone, then yeah, all those votes would have been on, on, on Ray Ray. Um, she would have used her idol and then the minority votes on Ray would have sent Ray home. Would have, yeah, would have been perfect. Well, last question. I'd love to know about kind of this this idea of paranoia, which was kind of a big part of your edit throughout. Um, for good and for bad. I mean, you talk about the power of paranoia. We see you pull back more than one split vote at Tribal Council, even in your own <laughs> boot episode, where you kind of see the way that it's going. Like, how do you feel like that was affecting your time out there for better and for worse? 
Yeah, well, I think, uh, look, I said it in the second episode, you need a little bit of paranoia because every single time you get comfortable in that game, that's when you get done. As soon as you're there being like, look, I'm in control. Things are really happening. I don't, like, Winner, for instance, that whole day that he was going home, he was just chilling. He was just hanging back, hanging with with uh, with Jaden, just being like, guys, this is cool. Yeah, this is fine. Perfect example of not being switched on. So I needed that. Look, at times, you it can sort of bobble up and really start to affect your thinking. But I've, I think as the game progressed, I managed to, 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 to basically balance that line between, look, I need to listen to every conversation. I need to be involved. But also, I need to not outwardly project that this guy is running around having all these sort of conversations. And I think that's the sign of a good survivor player, someone that is always thinking about what is happening. Um, I just, yeah, it's, it, it's a fine line and it can go the other way very, very easily, Shane. How much did you see like your name, especially because you saw in the in the last tribal council you were at that like it was going the the you know that it was changing, but did you see it changing to you? Did you were you aware of that? Okay, that's really interesting because logically you shouldn't like logically in this situation they shouldn't have targeted me <laughs> because when you're going to a six six split, right? You want to put your votes on someone that you feel people will flip on. So those people in that situation was Caroline, 100%, Mark and, uh, Mark and Valeria were going to flip on that. You put it on, 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 on V at that point, on Valeria, um, Caroline and Kitty flip on her 100%. There are people there that would definitely not go to rocks for each other. And they chose the one person that <laughs> pretty much people would go to rocks for. Like, I don't think anyone was thinking, oh, yeah, Jaden's definitely going to flip on Eden. They put the votes on me super risky that um, we could have seen a rock draw. I, I look, I think honestly, some of the guys on the other side probably didn't think that weren't thinking sort of rock draw um, because uh, looking at that situation, I didn't think Ree or, or Kirby would want to go to rocks for Ray. I just didn't think it was going to happen. Um, and I didn't think they'd put the votes on me because I had stronger relationships out there. And I didn't think those guys were going to flip on me and they didn't except for, for, for Jaden at the end of the day. But that's a really interesting sort of situation because I, I, my big worry was Ferris was going to use his idol for Ray. So once I got through that, I was like, cool, this will be fine. Um, if it goes to, if it goes to rocks um, and my name's out there, then me and Ray are actually going to be safe and it's going to go down as one of the best tribal councils in the history of the show. <laughs> so I was actually like fine with that, but the, the Jaden flip, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, I don't think Ferris and, and Ray were going, Oh, we're going to do this and everyone's going to flip on Eden. I think they were in sort of panic mode and they were like, okay, let's just, let's just do this. And they hadn't really thought it through. Um, and for me, I, like being super logical and and super breaking down everything. I was like, okay, logically they won't do that because of this, because then it's more likely that this will happen. Um, so I was actually, okay, this is all right. And then it just, yeah, I was bamboozled, Chen. I was bamboozled. Well, it's funny that you say that because reading the illogic of players, that's something Richard Hatch, and, that, and I always think about that, that he said that about how hard it is and how someone like, Rob Sestanino, he was like, you you struggled with that because you're so logical. So look, you went out mm. as a testament to the namesake of this podcast. We appreciate that. I'm sorry you got voted out on your birthday, Eden, but I hope you had the <sighs> best time. I'm so happy you got to live the dream. I love watching you on the show and I hope we get to talk about your game a little bit more and then many, many, many more Survivor seasons on podcasts <laughs> for a very long time to come. <laughs> 
I'm looking forward to it, Shane. You can refer to me now on as the Eden who sucks. It's fine. <laughs> we Go need another it. Eden. We need then we can make a we can make a comparison. But until then, we will call you Boston Eden. Eden, <laughs> thank you so much. I'm so sad. Happy belated birthday. And thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. No worries. Love it. Drink come true big on the podcast, Shed. See ya. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. There you have it, everyone. Hope that you enjoyed these ex interviews. I really enjoyed all of these conversations. So thank you so much for listening. As I said at the top of this podcast, the recap with Mike is coming. I'm sure that will be lengthy. We have a lot to talk about. Check in with Rob, Talking Tribal in podcast and video form everywhere that you can get it. And follow me at Shannon Gates so you don't miss any of this content. Incredible week of Survivor. Really, really fun season. I hope you're enjoying everything with the season and the coverage and i thank you as always for joining me in the journey of australian survivor so thank you so much thank you for listening to this and i will see you next time bye australian survivor survivor survivor